This is episode 62 with Brant Garvey. G'day legends and welcome to Your Life of Impact, where we connect with world-class athletes and coaches, health experts and enthusiasts, inspiring entrepreneurs and community leaders, all to teach you how to tap into your inner excellence. I'm your host, Brett Robbo, and I'm extremely grateful you're joining us today on your impactful journey. Brent Garvey is a leg amputee, Paralympic triathlete. He's a father, husband, speaker, and a catalyst of the No Excuses mindset. No Excuses is Brant's brand, and he teaches us in this episode that guts, grit, determination, focus, and resilience are the building blocks of No Excuses. If you know excuses are holding you back from being the best version of yourself, you're going to love this chat with this genuine legend. We'll hear a lot of the topics we talk about in this episode relating to mental strength training and development of the right mindsets to help you navigate life. If you're keen to learn some of the habits, tools, and strategies to help you boost your confidence and enhance your mental strength, jump on to yourlifeofimpact.com forward slash coaching and find out more about the six-week online program there. Before we hear from Brant, I'm going to read out a quick iTunes review and this one is from Pauline in Hong Kong. She says, amazing show. Love the stories shared on this podcast. They are inspirational, encouraging and mind-blowing. I've learned so much from Katrina Webb's episode, gratitude, love, stepping out of comfort zones and so much more. Also love the resources introduced in every episode. Can't wait to tune in to another one. Well, thank you, Pauline. And it's awesome to hear the feedback all the way from episode one with the legend Katrina Webb. That has truly inspired and impacted many people, actually. I'm always getting great feedback about the awesome woman and her episode. Thanks for taking the time to write that review. I am forever grateful. And for everyone listening, if you want to have the chance for your review to be read out on the show and also to help keep the show alive, please jump onto iTunes and give me your rating and review. It truly does help immensely. Okay, no excuses now not to have the best day and become the best version of yourself. How? Let's hear it from Brant Garvey. So, Brant, tell us about your brand, No Excuses. How did it come about and what does it mean? Yeah, it started off as my personal motto back in 2013. I, I realized that anytime you kind of asked to do something, the initial reaction was to, to make an excuse why you couldn't do it. And so I started to, to challenge myself in that. And rather than saying no first, figuring out if something really was or wasn't possible. And one that had been a kind of like a lifelong excuse was um, that you couldn't run as an above knee amputee. And um, 
So yeah, in 2013, I decided to find out if that truly was the case or if I could beat it and um, yeah, managed to uh, become quite okay at running. And so around the excuses thing, what, what is an excuse and why do you think that people make excuses? I think people make excuses purely based on fear. So it's the safe way to kind of remove that accountability if you can uh, figure out a reason why not to try rather than that vulnerability of going, this might not work. Let's let's have a go and find out if it is or isn't possible. Um, yeah, they, they straight away have to be protecting themselves, whereas I find the most exciting part of life is being in that that unknown, the trying, the learning, and then hopefully finding it, finally achieving. Yeah, absolutely. I was listening to a Lewis Howe's podcast this morning while I was training, actually, and he was interviewing a no. great businessman. Um, his name was John Taffer. And John was saying that he believes from all his years of experience in helping build very successful businesses. And so this guy, John, has a successful TV show called bar rescue where he helps dying and struggling bars to rebuild their brand and becoming great businesses again and and he was saying that he believes the only thing keeping people from living the life they want is their excuses and he, okay. he looked at the definition of an excuse which in the dictionary is the rationalization of a mistake and he was saying so instead of seeing mistakes as a learning curve not failure and you just mentioned there you know people have that fear and whether it's a fear of failure and he was saying and and working out how to do better next time so they rationalize that mistake and say things like ah i tried it once and it didn't work or i've never been able to do that why would i be able to do that now or what if i must make a mistake again is that what you find with people when you when you talk about excuses yeah a hundred percent. And it's funny, like some of them can be um, really quite, uh, I don't know, like non-justified when they come up to me. I've had people approach me and be like, you know what, I'd, I'd love to run, but I, um, I've got a, a knee issue, I've had a knee reconstruction or something along those lines. And they're literally telling that to someone that doesn't have a knee. And so, you know, in my head, it doesn't make any sense at all, but in theirs it does um, because that, that's that whole fear and not wanting to to try and not work. Yeah, absolutely. And we're going to dive more into that and the work that you do around the excuses. But before we move on, I just want to say, Brent Garvey, welcome to Your Life of Impact. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm really looking forward to it. And I'm super grateful to have you on the show. We've been connected through the Abundant Paralympic community and I've been following your stuff online for quite a a while now. And you mentioned there you're an above-knee amputee, you do some running, and I just want to touch on the fact that you lost your leg bungee jumping, right? <laughs> that's that's what I like to tell people. Yeah, it's much more exciting than being born like it. But um, I that was actually one of my biggest fears was heights, and so a, a little while ago we decided to tackle that, and I jumped off like the tallest tower of I think it's like 280 meters in Mackay, just um, next to Hong Kong. And uh, yeah, look, I, I can't say I'd be excited to do it again, but I managed to get through it. So well, what did you learn from that? So if, if heights was one of your biggest fears and you just thought, I've got to run at that fear, you know, yeah. what, what, what did you learn from that? And then how do you take that into other aspects of your life? Look, I think it's that same old, same old kind of uh, saying that is like all the 
all the fear is the you know those um, thoughts that you have leading up to, and then as as soon as you you jump off, that all all those things disappear, and you just get to enjoy that moment. Uh, and then like it was, it was just absolutely exhilarating. My heart was pounding out of my my chest um, straight straight you know for ages after jumping off the side of that building. One of the things that I knew that I had to do as well was I knew I couldn't hesitate. So literally, as soon as they had the green light for me to jump, I just had to jump because if I started to think about it and rationalize it, I would have talked myself out of it. But yeah, I think that's it. Like we, we just, we're so stressed with all the fear and doubt and everything leading up to it. And then as soon as we do it, then we get to experience it. And that's the, that's the, the living part right there. And, um, so yeah, just applying that moving forward, like realize that we do all this self-talk and a lot of it negative when we're afraid of something. But um, living is just beyond beyond that that leap. Leap and the net will appear. I like to say. <laughs> <laughs> Luckily, you didn't need a net. Well, you had a good a, bungee a cord. Band. <laughs> <laughs> so, mate, you competed in the Rio 2016 Paralympics, and you're training for the Tokyo 2020 Paralympics in the sport of triathlon. But you're also the first above knee, first Australian above knee amputee to compete in an Ironman triathlon. And I believe you set a world record time in the process. Now, just for everyone listening, the Ironman triathlons consist of a 3.8k swim, 180k ride, and a 42k run. So that is an absolute mammoth effort and to be honest i'm not sure that i'll ever put myself through it <laughs> but what what made you want to tackle something so large like that it, it all came back to that no excuses motto in 2013 so i remember thinking to myself what was the most difficult thing you could do as an above knee amputee and so that's when i came up with the idea of doing a triathlon which was a sprint distance triathlon so that's a 750-meter swim, 20K bike, and 5K run, which is also the Paralympic distance. And then I was like, you know what? That was really hard for someone on one leg to do. What's something so difficult that most two-legged people would think it's impossible for them to do? And that's when I was like, an Ironman triathlon. That seems to make sense. And we've got one coming up in a couple of months, so let's get ready. And, um, and then so I just commit to it. I knew that it was going to be the hardest thing that really was um, for someone like me to do. Uh, I had no idea even up to the night before morning of if I'd be able to finish it. And then on the day, it ended up going a lot better than I expected. What was your experience like during the race? Uh, Look, I I just had the biggest smile on my face the whole day. And so it took me 11 hours, 49 minutes and 20 seconds. I I finished about mid-pack out of the 1,500 athletes there on the day. And... Yeah, I just I was just so happy the entire and obviously in, in incredible amounts of pain, but somehow the the euphoria was uh, counteracting that a little bit, and yeah, it was it was very much a, a kind of a, a Dory from Finding Nemo moment. Just let's just keep going and just keep, keep going, <laughs> keep going, keep going, and um, eventually cross the finish line. So on that keep going, I want to touch on that and that pain that you mentioned, and you must feel it even in those sprint distances because you're pushing really hard. And I have a lot of athletes that listen to this podcast, and even a lot of triathletes actually, and. 
I want to ask you, what, what is it? What's your skill that you use to push through that pain barrier? How do you, you know, you get to that point when athletes do it all the time that when you're hurting, you're at that point where you can ease off just a little bit, know you'll be fine to finish an event. But if you do that, you also know you won't do a great time or a great performance. There's something within you and whether it's in training instinctively, I want to know what it is for you that makes you push through that pain barrier and even bring that pain on more to make sure that you get the best out of yourself. Look, I think the consistency in training helps a lot with the confidence of knowing where you can get to. So the more confident I am in the training that I've done in the lead up to an event, the, the further that I'll be able to dig deep and put myself into the hurt locker more. Like, I actually, you now I don't know if it's my mind and body trying to help me, but I don't remember the Ironman being anywhere near as bad as the sprint distance triathlon because for me it was about finishing. It was just about the, the ability to keep going, whereas the sprint distance triathlons that we do for the Paralympics is just... Flat out, absolutely. Everything that you can give it when your body is telling you that you need to slow down or you're going to break something and then you have to dig deeper. Um, and I believe that the confidence that in training so you know roughly where you can sit comfortably and that you've got that extra percentage that you can reach for come race day and then a big focus on distracting my mind. So during a race, I will focus on the techniques to say those next next few steps or those next few moments and that was some advice from a friend of a friend so if you catch your mind wandering and and all of a sudden you realize hang on i'm thinking about pain or i'm thinking that geez i can't wait to finish then you know well that's not actually going to help so you bring yourself just back to the moment and focus on what you can control yeah those next kind of 10 steps and making sure that the technique's there that you're holding it together and um yeah focus on that rather than letting the the pain dictate what you're going to do next so you mentioned there that a friend of a friend gave that advice, but have you had any mental strength training from any professionals or coaches or anything like that specifically around the mental strength training or sports psychologists? Yeah, yeah. so sports psychologists, I've, um, I've done uh, a lot of stuff with uh, WACE here in Western Australia, so the West Australian Institute of Sport, and those kind of um, tips were very similar in terms of distracting the mind from the pain and um Knowing that it's uh, it's only short lived as well. Once the race is over, it's gone. Short lived until you go and do an eleven hour event. <laughs> <laughs> well, even my even my sprint triathlons are around the one to one hour ten to one hour fifteen. So it's still it's still long term compared to a hundred meter sprint anyway. <laughs> well, I was a hundred meter sprinter, so I understand what you're talking about there in the comparison. <laughs> <laughs> so, how was the Rio experience for you as a whole? I've had the two team captains on this podcast from that games in Kurt Fernley and Denny DeToro and I loved hearing their pride and passion when speaking about the mob how was your experience in Rio yeah look I absolutely with my first Paralympics it was also the debut of triathlon in the Paralympics so it was um pretty massive in terms of that and a lot of learning um I obviously didn't have the the race that I wanted to have, so I was uh, I got to the front um, out of transition one, got injured, and then watched everybody pass me and finished the line and finished the race in tenth place and also last, um, and was very very 
confused and frustrated about what happened, but the actual Paralympics experience as a whole was yeah, just mind-blowing, phenomenal, absolutely amazing. I loved being in our own hotel, like the Australian Hotel. Um, Rio was beautiful and amazing. You know, it wasn't obviously perfect. Um, they had to do an incredible amount to make sure that that happened. And the one kind of negative for me, which was was probably one of the hardest things to swallow, was uh, that our race wasn't televised. And so it was pretty heartbreaking to make the pinnacle of your sport and then for no one to be able to watch it in the world. But other than that, everything else was amazing. Do you feel that will change leading into Tokyo if you're on the team for Tokyo with the exposure? Right. There'd be no way I would not... Uh, let it not change. So if I found out that there was any chance that it was going to happen again, I would make more noise than anybody in this world. Um, yeah, that that to me is just essential because we all of the all the athletes in our sport have to work so incredibly hard and so much um, work in funding the journey and doing all this. And you have all these people and companies that get behind you to make it happen. And then their kind of reward is being able to show it off at the end and they don't have that ability because it wasn't televised. And so, yeah, you're really just um, giving the athletes a massive disadvantage in exposure and being able to make it happen and fund the journey, which is one of the most difficult parts of it. Well, and keep the sport alive, right? So there's going to be a lot of other younger athletes that need to be seeing what's possible from people like yourself Mm -hmm. at these major events. And if they're not televised, then how are they going to even know that the sport exists or to see people like yourself that are are making new, breaking new barriers at that time as well? Yeah, and I guess in a way we can control that a little bit. So that's probably why it wasn't that part didn't hurt so much because I mean I obviously share my journey with everyone on I can on social media and by doing you know podcasts and things like that so there's I've got a lot of reach to especially the um, leg amputee population in Australia and so you know we can kind of control that by making sure that we spread the message but when it comes to the Paralympics, we've got no way of being able to have any influence on that other than making enough noise to make sure it doesn't happen again. I'm pretty confident that the Japanese organising committee <laughs> will make sure that everything's televised, especially if you're making a little bit of noise already. <laughs> oh, look, I'm pretty confident as well. I'm pretty sure we'll probably each have a drone following us the entire race. But, um, <laughs> yeah, look... <laughs> Especially after what we saw at the Winter Olympics. I mean, yeah, if they can make a an entire animation out of drones, surely they'll be able to televise um televise our race. Which I look, I never really thought was an issue, but it was definitely something that was gonna be on my radar, making sure it didn't happen again. Absolutely. Mate, talk to me about mindset. What skills? So we've talked about excuses and breaking through those mental barriers within the race, but what skills are most valuable to you around mindset? And then how do you teach others to develop this no excuses mindset or break through their excuses? So it's funny because I've obviously been looking back at my recent or last few years and I didn't know it at the time but one of the things that I adopted in 2013 was really this growth mindset and I I had no idea I didn't even know it existed but it was this ability to know that um, uh, success and failure wasn't a black and white thing it wasn't 
that you either did one or you did the other. It was more that um, failure was just part of the journey to success. And so there could be many of those along the way. And the growth mindset, so the growth mindset meant that you really understood that um, each kind of failure was you learning how to get to this ultimate goal. And if you had that, then you weren't so scared of it and it wouldn't stop you from trying. And yeah, so that's really what I did and really what I think is one of the most important um, mindsets to uh, take on if you wanted to be successful. That's that whole understanding that our when you have a growth mindset that you, you believe that your successes or your flaws are a result of your actions. So you're not just successful at the click of the fingers or you're not born successful or you're not... Yeah, exactly. You're not born with a finite set of skills. You're, you're, you can develop them and by all means, we all have a different maximum level but you can still take yours a lot further than when you started. And so do you believe that it's different for athletes and uh, non-athletes, the non-athletic population? And for us who aren't trying to be elite athletes compared to those who just want to feel better in some way in their lives, how do you have different ways that you can teach and help people uh, sort of break through that no excuses mindset? So yeah, it's, it's relevant to everybody. I mean, we all have different or varying ideas of what success is to us. And uh, I think that being open to set stretch goals is definitely key. So you want to aim bigger and if you fall short, it's still a lot further than you would have thought originally. And if you do make it, then some pretty incredible things are going to happen. And yeah, it's for... I. A sport is only one tiny, tiny element of my life that um, has that growth mindset. So I have to run my own business. I also work for another company as well. And I do those same things in that. And the first step is just being able to, I'd say, acknowledge what it is that you're afraid of and or even who it is that you're afraid of, their opinion, and then um, being quite mindful as well, so living in the present and then understanding that um, those those uh, sh- short-term failures really don't mean anything. They're just about the learning process to be, uh, to be able to get better in the long run. So, I mean, there's multiple times in my journey, whereas if I had have um, given up because it didn't work the first time, I wouldn't be doing any of the stuff that I'm doing. I had to fail many times and sometimes in front of thousands and thousands of people but uh it was that ability to get up and have another go that was the difference and do you find yourself still coming up with excuses sometimes oh yeah all the time i i think it's just that i've gotten better at um catching them and then uh changing paths so you know there'll be multiple times and because like I said, it's not just in sport, it's in every aspect of my life. If I get asked something and, you know, I'm a little bit nervous, the the initial reaction is, oh, no, I can't. And then, you know, you just got to get better at catching yourself and then having a crack. And, and if it's something that you truly want to do, I mean, that's what it comes down to as well. Sometimes it's just something that you're not interested in, but if it's something you're interested in and you're holding yourself back because you're afraid of it, then you really need to be able to have that self-talk and catch yourself and even having some um, some very brutally honest uh, friends, accountability buddies is always a good thing as well. Absolutely. I often teach the people that do my programs that just having that brutality of honest 
opinions or honest sorry constructive feedback around you and to yourself too so that self-talk and that when you reassess the your actions you've taken so just being brutally honest with your answers but then I love what you said too because that brutal honesty can highlight some things to us and say all right I have made some mistakes I've probably made some poor choices here or yeah I'm making excuses but guess what I'm human and it's that acceptance piece that awareness and acceptance and saying you know I can't beat myself up because I've done this I just need to reassess and understand where I'm heading with it and start to move you know make choices in the right way in the right direction again yeah exactly and I think it's important to note that making sure it's the right person so it has to be someone that you actually believe is doing it in your your best interest too because there's a lot of people out there that can be um handbrakes because they don't they don't have that growth mindset so yeah you have to make sure you've got the right person that's got your best interests and also can be brutally honest because we are a very nice population and so we like to make people feel good and sometimes that just holds them back (laughs) absolutely who is it in your accountability group that gives that you feed off the most in that way that you really respect their uh, honest constructive criticism at the moment it would be my coach and my wife so they're the kind of two people that i know that i'll get that um that honest feedback and for the best interest for in my best interest so to see me succeed brilliant Now, Brent, you've recently released an app related to mental health to help athletes and – oh, sorry, mate. uh, So I haven't. I'm I'm just a fan of it because it's focused around resilience. Right. So you're – okay, so you've been a part of the team that's in in the launch process of it then. I've just seen your face with it everywhere. So what I was going to say, if if you can explain to us, so – if you're a fan of it, why is that? How did it come about? What's this app all about? Yeah, so it's this resilience app. And the reason that I'm a fan of it is because I truly believe that resilience is the key to being successful. You need to be able to have that ability to bounce back from setbacks because we're all going to experience them and we're all going to experience lots of them. And if you if you can't come back from it or at least move through it, then, um, yeah, you, you're just not going to be able to get to where you want to get to. And so this app is um, heavily focused about being able to build on those skills. And so there's a lot of research behind that. And I think that's the important key to note that is that you can build your resilience again like that growth mindset it's not you're born with a certain amount and you have to deal with that you can grow it and one of the parts that I love about the app um, which was something that was important to me at this stage of my life was that mindfulness and meditation so starting a morning with a bit of meditation and it is so hard for me because I have a very noisy brain um, and I can only make five minutes at this stage in the morning before I just everywhere my brain goes everywhere but um I'm finding that really being able to get into that that um that meditation and under, like being in the moment being present has been very important for me to start my day off on the um 
the right foot. And so there's a bit of guidance through the app with these kind of skills, is there? Yeah, yeah, there definitely is. There has to be, otherwise there's no way I'd be able to use it. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny you mention those, those kind of skills because I think also, and you, you said it there, if it's only five minutes you can last, that's fine. People should shy away from meditation thinking, I've got to spend 20 minutes or half an hour, an hour or whatever it is that the gurus are doing. But in actual fact, the thing, the skills that you're learning through that five minutes of that sense, and yes, you might mind your, you, as you said, your fast mind might be going crazy and thinking about everything else you've got going on. But then if you can just bring it back into the moment, even just for a little bit, that's the skill right there. That's a win within that meditative process. And then just being able to realign and linking that back to you and your sport. If you think about that when you are competing and your mind wanders in and takes you down that, oh, this is painful, this is hurting. And then you have that skill to capture that and come back into the moment. Yeah, exactly. It's so true. And um, you, you highlighted it perfectly. Uh, for, for me, that is where I'm at at this stage. But, you know, I'll probably get better in the future. But that's it. The, the win is being able to last, say, that five minutes and draw yourself back to being present. And, you know, I do it multiple times during it. And with the, the guided side of it, it really kind of helps explain that and, and tell you, what you should be trying to do and not making it um, a pressure thing. It's not about being the best meditator. It's purely about being able to enjoy and be present because, yeah, you, you really can enjoy life a lot more the more present you are. What's the app called? I have fiddled around with it, but it's, is it called Resilience? How, how do it's I pronounce resilience. it? Re- resilience with a Z, <laughs> resilience. isn't it? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I'll link that up in the show notes for everyone. But it's uh, yeah, it seems yeah, really cool, and I see that those guys are doing a podcast too. Yeah, they are, and you know, like uh, it's funny because they obviously spelt it like that, and I've got my no excuses brand without the the e. It's always good to make it a little bit quirky. <laughs> <laughs> now, speaking of quirky, I did see somewhere that you are a dad joke teller. Have you got any good dad jokes for us? <laughs> I've only just started being able to have the ability to tell tell dad jokes. No, I'm I'm not. Um, I'd say that I probably have haven't developed the right skill set. But I work with a guy that is like the um, pun king. So it's actually one of those you know like every day it's a kind of cringeworthy moments where I hear these most random puns. So maybe that's probably deterred me from um, investing. In the dad jokes at this stage, <laughs> and it, at the moment, if I just like go peekaboo to Oleg, my son, he giggles anyway. So at the moment, I've got easy wins. Um, I, I might have to improve my dad joke skills as I go along, and he gets a bit older. <laughs> well, you mentioned it there. So you've got a five-month-old baby, and you've got a wife. How do you fit it all in? Because you're doing so much training for Paralympics. You got your businesses. You said you work for a company. How do you personally prioritize everything? Yeah, so you, I prioritize based on my values because uh, I feel like that's the, the best way. So your, your values kind of decide what's most important to you and then you allocate time based on that. But, yeah, it's an absolute constant um, juggle and in terms of learning from what didn't work and then improving it along the way. There's no way to get the the perfect balance. It's about being able to adjust when one area is being neglected and then make up for it along the way. And, you know, when those values kind of 
keep it in a line. So you're making sure that you touch each part that's important to you and then do your best and realise that you can't do everything and the some of the less important stuff will fall off the end. Yeah, it's peaks and troughs too, right? That that whole quote-unquote balance thing is sometimes you just have to put more time into a certain area of your life and the other parts will not be neglected but just might not have as much tender and care in them and then that'll happen, it'll sort of go up and down in peaks and troughs. Interesting there that you mentioned the values and I'm a very values-based driven person and I teach people uh, how to establish their values because it is, uh, like Katrina Webb said it on the podcast, it's like our true north. How did you get so in touch with your values? What was the work that you've done there? So I've done lots of um, different work in that space and um, I've gone back over the last few years and looked at what was important to me and I've also... um, which I've had help with a, a friend, um, Rebecca Smith. Uh, she's interviewed, say, some of the, like six of the, the people that are really um, know a lot about me and found out what they believed my values were as well to kind of get what they see stuff coming through that I potentially didn't see. Um, and, you know, the main stuff is obviously my family um, and then physical and mental health that, like the the major ones i see correct me if i'm wrong but one of your other main values might be around helping others and giving back and as an athlete you have have enough to care about to make sure you're always performing at your absolute best but from what i see in what you're doing and even just your connection around the people that you collaborate with for the app and you're working with school kids and you're you know you're out there and you're doing your podcast and providing all this information and giving giving back is that a deep driver behind and a connection to your values there yeah 100 i i'm really passionate at the moment um so definitely giving back but the the main thing that I kind of see a, a lack in is um, the ability to lift others up. So anytime that someone does something, I see so much negativity behind it in terms of, um, you know, they had this or they did this because of that rather than just truly being able to appreciate someone's success. And so that's a, a heavy focus. I want to build this no excuses nation community that is about, lifting others and embracing and celebrating success rather than you know rather than the tall poppy syndrome and where where do you find that you have the greatest impact is it with athletes is it with kids is it with corporate i would say the two kind of areas that get the most traction would be the kids and and um speaking at corporates so i do a lot of uh, conferences and then i do a lot of um like leadership teams and stuff like that. And it's, you know, it's very, two very different kind of demographics, the corporate and the kids. Uh, love the kids because they're just so uh, energetic, enthusiastic. And then especially the young primary school kids, they're also filter free. So anything that comes out of their mouth is 100% what they're thinking from their heart. <laughs> and so, whereas, um, you know, adults, we, we tend to be a little bit more political politically correct and a bit more subtle or gentle um and so yeah those are definitely my two greatest impact and you've also got a you mentioned it before around podcasts and you've got a vlog on your facebook page and you're building that community and i wanted to ask what's what's that experience like for you to build that community and and doing the podcast and the interviews how are you finding it 
Look, I absolutely love it. I guess for me, what I one of the, again comes back to me wanting to be able to help others is that in when I started this, it was very much about me sharing what it was that I was doing, and um, kind of just telling that story. Now I want to find out what people find value and then share more of that. So something that would relate to what they are doing in their everyday life, their current challenges, and being able to offer more advice to, say, the general people rather than um, telling my story of going to the Paralympics and then uh, hopefully going to Tokyo. I recently did a a blog post the other day and it was talking about... um, how we all fall down. I went on a training run the other day and I was shattered. It was a massive week. And I stacked it five times during this 12K run along the coast. My artificial leg would clip the ground and I'd face plant it in front of people that were walking along the coast. And um, and I just wrote that what was most important was what I did next and that was get up the sixth time and finish the 12K run. That was the, the biggest takeaway from that session. And I noticed that there were so many people that were able to relate to that on, you know, through their own different experiences of falling down, whether that be work or something else, and that ability to just get back up that one last time. Brilliant. And what's your big audacious goals with the vlog and the podcast and the No Excuses brand? Yeah, so mine is I went, again, this comes back to my, uh, I'd say my No Excuses personality. I went to, I wanted to make it even more difficult. So I, Created, I wanted to create this show, which is a Facebook live show, and it came back to something that me and you were talking about before. Um, I wanted to have it uh, true, honest, unedited. So I wanted to create this Facebook live show where I'd go and interview people that I think are doing inspiring and motivating things and to be able to shoot this interview in live without any editing and see what the result is because we get genuine, realistic interviews. Um, and, yeah, so I also love the, the kind of like the scary factor of it being a one-take thing where, you know, whatever happened, happened, and it's there. How's that going for you? <laughs> <laughs> the biggest thing is the hardest thing is um, more of trying to tee it all up and not have any technical problems. So the actual interviewing side of it and the, um, the guest side of it has been awesome. I've had some amazing stuff. But um, I've got this new technology that I'm trying to use so we can do some Facebook Live out in the out in the real world. And um, every time I test it, it's fine. And then we go to do something and it doesn't work. <laughs> Good old technology. But, uh, yeah, next Next time, it's going to work. I'm sure of it. We've figured out every problem. and uh, So, yeah, there should be one coming soon. Well, like your recent run, you just got to get up and go again, right? Yeah, 100%. I also came across your bio on the Lululemon website. Are you an ambassador for Lululemon? Yeah, I have been for a couple of years, and that's time absolutely flies. Um, yeah, we've been, been an ambassador with those guys, and um, the thing that I love about it is it just it completely aligns with what I do, we just promote a healthy, active lifestyle, and um, I, they get to do. We have this um, Perth Run Collective here in Perth, where uh, just a, any group of people can come down and join. Um, in some, I think there's like a Tuesday and a Thursday and a Sunday morning, so the other Tuesday and Thursday afternoon, and it's just a run, um, and normally aligns with whatever events coming up. Like at the moment, there's the HBF Run. A reason coming up 
And, um, yeah, so I just love that side of Enscude, and obviously their, their clothes are also phenomenal, and um, yeah, so I get to wear those as well. Yeah, I love their clothes. I just look down, I'm decked out in Lululemon gear. I've, I've got a bit of a connection to Lululemon, and I love them because their community ethos around their brand is just unbelievable. I've spoken about it a few times on here, but the way that they look at their – yeah, they don't call their customers customers, they call them guests and their yep. their whole ethos around providing so many free community events and just nourishing community. It really when I saw that you were an ambassador and hearing you just talk before about wanting to build your own community around the no excuses community, I thought, what a great link. Of course you're an ambassador for that amazing brand. Yeah, well also um I yeah, I, I, I came from before I was an ambassador, I had I was one of those people that had no idea who they were as well. And um, I, I, when I started to learn a little bit more about it, I was like, no, they seem just like uh, some really expensive clothes that I'd never be able to buy. And um, but they're just life changing, <laughs> like they are unbelievable. And I know it sounds uh, silly, but uh, there is literally nothing else that I would wear. I, I can understand that, absolutely. And there, I think the reason why there's so many people that don't actually know who they are because they don't really advertise, yet they match, you know, they're, they're probably close to, I saw recently that they're not that far off Nike's profit margins, but they don't advertise much. And I think I've only yeah, just started yeah. seeing them advertising and it's because of the way that they nourish their community and their quote-unquote advertising is through the way that they treat people and their, their whole ethos around that. Yeah. Yeah, look, uh, I'm a big fan. Now, Brent, a general question to understand who you'd love to learn from and be influenced by. So I ask uh, this question to a lot of the guests. So if you could spend time with any mentor of yours in the world, who would it be and what would you talk to them about? So this doesn't have to be an existing mentor. It can be a previous one who you wished you'd asked something to or spoken to them about or yep. it can be a world influencer that you would love to spend time with as a personal mentor. Yeah, well, it's um, funny you bring that up. So I kind of have two at the moment that I'd absolutely love to, one of those being who you brought up before, Lewis Howe, um, and the other is Gary Vee. So I've I'm, I'm got a big focus in uh, online marketing at the moment, and I just think that those guys are phenomenal, and I'd love to be able to pick their brain about it. What would you – they're very two different uh, personalities, and I can see – I want to know from you which – what what would you ask to Gary V? Like, what would you actually speak to him about? Uh, yeah, well, I've got a couple of questions. That's for sure. One would be, um, uh, can you hustle like Gary V as an athlete in terms of like he preaches about um, how much sleep that you that he has and stuff like that. And I just don't think that that would be an advantage as an elite athlete. So I'd love to know what he says there. And um, I just I love his approach to social media, and I'd love to be able to learn more about how he would influence what I did in the way that I do things and and based on obviously the fact that I'm incredibly busy as well. Yeah, that would be very interesting to see his approach in that regard. So I want to ask you what specific advice can you give to the listeners on what action they can take to become more impactful in their lives and in their communities? It would be I reckon the which is one of my favorite quotes is and one that I rang so true to me looking back was um, start before you're ready and that kind of 
applies to everything that we spoke about. You know, start before you're ready. Know to know that if you if it doesn't work the first time, that that's just part of the process, and learn along the way. Don't spend any more time waiting for everything to be perfect. Just have a crack. I love that. Brilliant. And two-part question here. Where can we learn more about you? So social media, website, uh, your Facebook, and how can I and the listeners help you on your journey? Yeah, I mean, you can find me um, on my website, which is brantgarvey.com, and I'm on all social media platforms under Brant Garvey, so it's kind of all all universal. The 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 biggest way that you guys can help is just by offering some support and help um, cheer me on to Tokyo 2020 and scream at your televisions when it's going to be aired. <laughs> we'll definitely be doing that because I know that it's going to be aired. You'll make sure of that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 100%. There's no way it won't be. <laughs> now, one of my top core values, we've spoken about values a bit here, is giving. And that's why I thought I found that link within you and the way that you talk. And I give all my guests something for giving their time and value. And I wanted to give you a gift to re-gift because I know that you're a giver and I know that you have impact and I want you to have a think about someone who might be able to get benefit from it and so I run the online program of mental strength training and teaching a lot of the skills that you talked about and that you utilize and I want to offer a I was going to offer the place to you but I feel like Brent you're already doing all these things and you can teach us so maybe you can come in as a special guest and provide value but I want to give you a free pass for to gift onto someone who you feel could really benefit from the mental strength training that you know works so well. Yeah definitely I would love to do that and I've, uh, I'm sure there's heaps of people that would love it so I'll, I'll select one carefully. Brilliant and is there anything else you'd like to say before we finish up or anything you'd like like to ask me no just uh, thank you so much for taking the time to to ask me some questions and it has been an absolute blast being a part of the show and um yeah can't wait to talk to you again soon in the future brett you're a legend you're inspiring all humans to break through their excuses and you're also walking the talk not just preaching it keep shining your empowering light to the world my man thank you very much Yeah, what a dude. I really loved connecting with Brant. Such a great attitude to life. Make sure to jump onto brantgarvey.com and follow him on Facebook so you can be part of the No Excuses community of people who are passionate about uplifting others and celebrating success. Also a reminder, if you're interested in joining my online program to learn habits, tools and strategies to optimize your mental strength and the key areas of your life, go to yourlifeofimpact.com forward slash coaching. You can also email me directly from the website or contact me on Facebook or Instagram at at life for excellence. That's at L-I-F-E F-O-R-X-L-N-S. And if you know someone who could also benefit from this episode, please share it with them and enable their lives to be impacted by Brant Garvey. And as always, remember, this is your life journey, your life of impact.